Hello, I'm Laura Furiosi, divorced mother of three, and I'm here with my mother, Lynette Galvin, with 35 years' experience in family law. You're listening to the Divorce Course Podcast. Through our candid discussions, we hope to help you through your divorce or de facto separation. We will be answering the most commonly asked questions and covering the stages and steps that you will face on your way to freedom. Are you being stonewalled or are you trying to divorce someone who won't even speak to you or return any of your letters? Well, this episode is for you. This episode is called How to Do a Divorce and Settle When You're Being Stonewalled or Trying to Divorce Someone Who Doesn't Want To. Hello, Mum. Welcome. <laughs> Hello, Laura. <laughs> and sorry about that, like you said, not a very snappy title. Not very but, snappy title. <laughs> but we've come up with seven tips because we've had people been writing in and they're in the avoidant category and yeah. it's not high conflict, it's not manipulative controlling, which sometimes it can be though. But these people just don't return emails, they don't return letters, they don't want to sign any documents, and these poor people are banging their head against a wall. Yep, yep. And so, Mum, you told me there's these... We've come up with seven tips that you've told me yep. about, and there's one magic one, number seven, which uh, <laughs> we will tell you at the end, which basically will make you feel a million times better if you are struggling right now with an avoidant, stonewalling kind of person. Because just remember, the, the Family Law Act has been in place since 1976. So that's, gosh, how many years? 40-something years. And anything that someone could try to do has already been done. Mm. And the Family Law Act has been tweaked to make sure that that can be dealt with and also there are precedents that show how to deal with these sort of people. And over my 35 years, um, I've got this toolbox of how to deal with people like this. And I think sometimes it's worse to have an avoidant person on the other side than it is to have someone who bombards you uh, with bombards you with letters because at least you feel like you could be getting somewhere if you're in a dialogue. But mm. if you're talking to a wall, you, you might think you can never get out, mm. but you can. Well, that's good news mm. <laughs> because I guess a lot of people, you know, they talk about narcissists and the high conflict and manipulative mm. ones, and there are a lot of people out there. Maybe they're just maybe the avoidant person is just depressed in denial or being awful or just being horrid and I guess you could be a narcissist and just ignore all the legal letters oh yes yeah I I mean uh, if you really want to upset someone and it's their way of disappointing you at every turn Mm. and showing complete disregard for authority and that is they just don't answer Mm. so yes so we can we can deal with them you know there's a lot that says in um you see a lot in the movies and in books about oh he won't give me a divorce she won't give me a divorce Mm. well in australia you don't get given one yeah you should just go get it yeah and i guess in a property settlement and children's matters i have heard from some people who've written in where their ex is happy to complain and argue about all these other things but when they're trying to narrow the issues or trying to get them to nail down they just don't say boo Mm. it's like this weird Jekyll and Hyde situation where they only want to engage if it suits their purposes yep perfect absolutely okay well let's get into it then so if you are listening and you are having trouble getting someone to respond sign something negotiate Mm. mediate you name it mum we're going to talk through it Yep. And the number one thing is don't do a joint divorce. Just the divorce itself. Yep. Yeah. The, the actual ending your marriage so you can marry someone else. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, you don't have to do that together. Yes. You can do that on your own and you can be the person who applies and who gets the divorce against the other person. So just to be clear to those who don't know about the divorce process yet, if they are not 
looked at it yet, there are three ways to do a divorce or two? Two. Two, two ways. ways. Okay. So the first way is you, you do, do it, it together. Yeah, yeah. So the, the way that used to be the most common was the sole application. Now the most common one is the joint application. Um, I think it's a little bit cheaper to do together mm. and some people think it's a nicer thing that both of you apply. But if you've got someone on the other side who's not going to play ball, don't waste your time and money applying for a joint divorce and they're um, not getting them to and they're not, they won't follow through so yes do the um your own application all right so when you go and download the divorce papers go and choose the sole application yes. instead of the joint and then you fill it out and follow the steps uh if you're interested we have the divorce course where it's a whole module on mm-hmm. it we talk you through it and how to do it because there it is a little bit tricky yeah uh, there's a lot of serving people and proving that you serve people and gosh darn it but anyway in the end you can do it yep do it yourself and why is that mum why don't do a joint divorce because at any stage either from signing the papers and and acknowledging things they could stuff it up by just not signing a document that you need and so you you've left your power in their hands Mm. if you know someone's avoidant don't take a chance file the divorce hurt feelings notwithstanding Mm. you've got control so if if your ex stands there i always say this to my clients if he he or she stands there with their arms folded their eyes squeezed shut and they're back to you, you can still serve them, you can still get your divorce. Then. Okay. It absolutely, the, the getting the divorce by yourself requires zero cooperation okay. from That's the other good. person. And sometimes getting a divorce might be the trigger that will help that that avoiding person face up to things. Mm. But remember, yes. you've only got 12 months after your divorce is final to file for property settlement. So there's a time limit there. This now, is general advice yeah. only, but just remember this, guys. So if you've got an avoidant person who's going to be a pain mm. to get them to agree or sign anything for your property... Mm, maybe do it, the divorce later. It yes. might be a good idea to start the divorce after you've started yep. the property. Yeah, that's right. Yes, yep. that's a good tactic. It depends on the person you're dealing with, but... You you can you, you have to be separated 12 months before you can apply for a divorce but some people don't apply for years and years mm. it's might be against their religion they don't haven't found anyone they want to go get married to mm. or you know yeah so and it's not until the divorce that the time starts okay so be careful if you do do the divorce with a with a um a, an avoidant person in a way you're starting your own clock Mm. and then with them being avoidant you'll have to be proactive in your separation and property as well and that is probably have to apply for orders you only have to apply within the time frame you don't have to have your orders settled all right well that gets us to number two so so you've done your divorce or you you, you're going to wait a little Mm -hmm. bit um and you've got to start that negotiating yeah who gets what how much money have you got who's you know what do you so in the negotiations for someone who's stonewalling or just avoidant so you might i don't know write them an email or you might Mm. say it to their face and they'll say i'll get back to you i'll get Mm -hmm. back to you i'll get back to you or they might just not write anything what do the people who are banging their heads against walls trying to get some sort of negotiations happening uh well the first tip is of course you have to try to negotiate but don't wait an inordinate amount of time don't give them two full weeks Mm -hmm. give them 10 days and give a time on that 10 days and if you haven't got an answer in your email to them you can say um kind of a self-enacting provision there so if i so say for instance early on you might need to get the house valued Mm -hmm. okay 
So, dear such and such, your your ex, um, I think we need to get the house value to see what if we've got to sell it, how much we can get for it. Um, instead of saying, what do you think, say, I, I propose uh, these three um, as valuers mm-hmm. um, and if I don't hear back from you, I'm going to choose number two. Mm-hmm. Um, and that way you've, you've said in a process that even by not answering, they've actually... Answered. Answered. Yes, that's right. So you can't get in trouble for that? No. They can't say, but I didn't agree to that well, value. Well, say, why didn't you respond to the letter? It was a fair enough letter. Okay. And you gave them 10 days and so, they had a clear deadline. So can you do that for everything? Pretty well. Okay. Pretty well. You can. So when you've got someone really stubborn on the other side, um, that's how you move matters along. Okay. Yeah. And, and what sometimes you might have, say they are avoidant, but they are maybe controlling. Yes. And they don't engage well, on then. things that you're interested in solving. Yeah. That will probably drive them bonkers because they don't want you to have a choice. Mm. So maybe that would they be a really good strategy. One. That's right. It so is. I guess you've got to think about how your ex works and why they're motivated to be avoiding mm. and try and you mm. know be aware of that when you write a letter yeah and and don't don't let their agenda and their priorities railroad you from your agenda and your priorities so mm. you just keep marching on towards the end of the case okay so number three then because we we're talking about valuing mm. the house uh, when you're going through property and you're trying to figure out who owns what. What there is to divide. What there is mm. to divide. What's the strategy there for people who are being stonewalled? Okay, so particularly if you're already in court and, yeah. and if you've got an avoidant person and you're struggling, you may have to at least start the proceedings to get their attention. Yeah. Um, then you've got the power of, of subpoenas mm-hmm. and that will get you the information. So I say don't ask, Yeah. find out. Yeah. So, get someone to do the searches on SciTech and there's a whole thing on that in the course about how you can find out what houses they own, how much they paid for it, sometimes what the mortgage is. How much their car's worth. How much their car's worth, whether they've got a debt on their car. How much their business is. Yep, yeah. Who are the other shareholders, if they've got other businesses, and we've Mm -hmm. found that out recently in a couple of cases where there was a whole other company that, that my client hadn't been aware of. Oh, wow. And that's not a rare case. That happens a lot. Yeah. So so you find out and establish the facts. Now, what I do when I know all those things is I don't always tell the other party, so the avoidant person, mm-hmm. how much I know. Mm-hmm. I just go something like um, we've discovered these companies or we've discovered this or there's a debt on the car. How, what is it or what sort of car is it? And I wait to see if they're going to be honest. Mm-hmm. So if they're right back, you know, oh, yes, there was a Mercedes hatchback we bought back in 2012 and my searches have shown that, I go, oh, right, he's probably going to tell the truth on that. Yeah. So, yes, you, you ask, you find out. If you're still a director of a company, you're entitled to have a look at the books. Mm-hmm. Um, you can subpoena the accountant. You can subpoena their lawyers. So if you've got an avoidant person, one way you can do a subpoena if you you'll have to go to court yeah. and then do the subpoenas to yeah. find out and um we talk about subpoenaing mm-hmm. and i think there's an episode on it in here as well mm. so that's one way if they've got their eyes shut yes <laughs> that that's they right. have to what about so with disclosure and things yes. like that because people banging their heads against walls with oh, avoidance so what about like bank balances and yep. and that's tip number four guess uh, guess yeah. sometimes so Subpoenas and things uh, are things that are really good to use against people who've got their eyes shut tight, okay? Mm. But 
when it, if you're actually and of course I hate calling it disclosure hmm. um, the old word was discovery Ooh. and so disclosure implies they're going to let you know what they want you to know uh-huh. discovery means you go hang on a minute let's look <laughs> in that bag what else you got in there <laughs> and so I call it discovery okay and 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 uh I think um, if there's stuff that you can't find out, Mm. for instance, if you haven't started in court yet Mm. and so you can't issue a subpoena and they're being very close-handed, just give a figure that you think it's worth. Okay. Maybe a little (laughs) bit higher. Yeah. And say, look, we know you haven't put the Ferrari up for valuation. We've looked around. Um, Our client thinks the Ferrari is worth about $180,000. They'll pretty soon come back. So an avoiding person will go... If it's Heck too no. high, yeah. yeah. No, here, look, here's the proof. Yes. Okay, so, so you can kind of kind of yeah. encourage them to yeah. say actually no. So if you look online or something on Red Book, you can go to the top of the range there and say, look, at, you know, and say, we think your car's around this. They'll soon tell you if it's wrong. Mm. Okay, so if you're a person listening, you've got an avoidant ex, you want to figure out what your property pool mm. is, whether you've got a lawyer or not. Yep. Um, so start writing things down, start doing your research and then what? Send them a letter saying, hey, I think these are, this is my this is my understanding of the assets. Yeah. I use that word a lot. This is, and if you've got an avoided person, you'd say you'd make maybe make a little table, mm. not an Excel spreadsheet unless you have to because yeah. it makes me break them. out in hives. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, it, of course, if a person's a bit depressed as well, but you, you just have a list of what the assets are, mm-hmm. have a list of what you think the value is, mm-hmm. have a list next to it of what the debt is on each of those things and put in a total and say, mm. and say, look, I think the, this is what we've got. Yeah. Uh, what, what do you, uh, do you, if you, if I don't hear from you by four o'clock yeah. in 10 days time, I'll assume this is the property pool we're working on. Now, if you do that and you haven't issued subpoenas and things, you need, you want to know for sure in your heart that you actually know what the p- position is. Mm. So if you've got a sneaky person on the other side, you would never do that. No. Because they may have something hidden and yeah. they'll go, all right, all right, I agree with that, Yeah. <laughs> when they don't really. So you've got to make sure that you are 100% sure that there's mm. nothing being hidden. Mm. Yeah. And and a lot of – I always ask my clients about the person's history with money. And often in a marriage there's someone who keeps track of all the dollars and another one who just got no idea mm. <laughs> and blows it. If that's the sort of person, the avoidant person, never looked at the bills, doesn't know, then you've probably, you know, our clients have probably got the right idea and yeah. they know what's what. On the other hand, if you've got, and here's the test, if you've got someone who never talks about super or who who seems to always have their money tucked aside and very carefully doling it out, then I would never try that approach with them mm. But because that's more controlling behaviour, not an avoidant. Yes. Yeah. I guess sometimes maybe to be just to check if you've got an avoidant who doesn't like being involved mm. in money, they might have four or five super funds and they've never rolled <laughs> never them rolled together. Never rolled into or, one. Or you did or when you, you met did. them. So make yeah. sure that, you know, you've checked all of those things and you can do mm. that with the SIF form yeah. and we talk about that in the course. And people don't tell you who their super funds with but they'll always talk about where they used to work oh that's true so you can find out yes yeah yeah um okay so and that that tip number five then mum which we've been talking about the whole way Mm. through is if you if I don't hear from you I'll assume you You agree agree. or if I don't hear from you by this date I'll assume it's correct you can't just say that straight away though you've got to give a timeline uh yeah so you say um this is what I, th- I think it is, my understanding of it is, and if I don't hear 
to the contrary from you by 4pm next Thursday after or Thursday in 10 days time um, then um, I'll assume that you've agreed or you say um, if you don't agree with this mm-hmm. let me know by 4pm on this day mm-hmm. and, and that means if they let that deadline go then they've agreed and you're entitled to proceed. What about in children's matters? So imagine you've got, uh, I don't know, an avoidant person who doesn't want to get in, doesn't even want to talk about the issue and there's a disagreement about handover time or something like that. Can you can you get away? How do you get around that? Hmm. Is it harder? It is harder because at all times we're not just lumping money forwards we've got children with feelings Mm. Um, so if you've got someone who for instance won't commit to regular time with the children Mm -hmm. uh, there's nothing you can really do Mm. to it about it I've had ladies in the past often women say if only he'd agreed to a particular time and a particular day then I'd be happy for them to go but I can't handle this you know off and on well sometimes you have to handle the off and on Mm. you know Mm. or and you couldn't say to a person in children's matters, you couldn't say, I'm going to have the kids at the park at 4pm on Saturday afternoon um, and, you know, you need to pick them up from there. If they're an avoidant person and they, and they may or may not come, what do you say to the kids? Mm. You know, mm. so it's a so it's whole a different, different thing. It's a whole different thing, and and no court will order that a person have time with the children if the person doesn't ask for it. So I guess if you've got an avoidant parent mm. uh, in negotiations, uh, that's where we're going to get to, to mm. number seven, and we'll talk mm. about that in a minute. What if they're they're active parenting, but they're just avoidant about discussing certain issues and you haven't got orders yet. Is it just get to orders as soon as you can? Um, if you need to. Hmm. It might be that you can blend something in. So one of the ways of doing it um, might be just how you structure who drops off and who picks up. Mm-hmm. So you might say to your ex, look, I know you go to, I don't know, sewing classes or footy or whatever on a, a Tuesday afternoon. Would you mind picking the kids up? Then, on your way back. On your yeah. way back. Um, or you say, you know how you go with Joey to basketball. Well, do you think if I drop the other two down, could you take them all home for that night? Mm. Just try and make it easy, easy for them. Mm. And um, But, yes, you never want to be in a position where you're there trying to get the kids to go to go on a thing and, and the father or mother is refusing to take them. Mm. Or where you set the kids up to fail and say, oh, you know, mummy's coming soon mm. and mummy doesn't awful so and i guess then with child support and an avoidant parent um, oh that's up to child support so so what do you mean by that so so does child so if if they're not contributing they're not paying they're Mm. not helping you could go to child support and what does child support do? well you tell child support your reality yeah this, and they will try and check it with that person. Yeah. And they do a bit of that. If we don't hear from you, we'll assume that what your ex-wife or ex-husband saying is true. Um, and then they will assess child support accordingly. Mm-hmm. And if it ends up that you've got 100% of the time with the children, mm-hmm. so be it. And what if they refuse to pay child support? Sorry to interrupt this episode, but we have a really important announcement that very well might just help you out. Are you feeling confused, lost, scared and overwhelmed by the family law legal jargon and processes? Join the club. Now it's your chance to empower, educate and equip yourself with the legal know-how and tools you need to get divorced and finally settle. Introducing the DIY Divorce Blueprint, created lovingly by Mum and Me. We've downloaded Mum's Brains into 42 video 
lessons, along with over 100 templates and worksheets that you can use to create and settle your property and children's matters. Follow our guide and steps and templates to get yourself finally settled and divorced. Use it as a guide with your lawyer or without, but hopefully using this DIY divorce blueprint, you can stay out of court and you can get it settled and sorted at a fraction of the price. Click the link in the show notes to find out more or go to thedivorcecourse.com.au backslash enroll. See you then. And what if they refuse to pay child support? Ah, also you can use child support agency (laughs) to collect um, from their employer Mm -hmm. or if they're a business, collect straight from their business. If um, they don't have any other money, they can do a little scoop through around tax time Mm -hmm. or they can take it out of their bank accounts. Wow, that's a big deal. So to the the listeners that have written in saying, oh, my goodness, the the father's disappeared, he's stonewalled, or the mother's disappeared and stonewalled, um, all alone with the kids, you can go to child support. And Mm. even if they don't even speak to you, child support will do it all? They'll find them if they're on Centrelink of any sort or if they pay taxes. They'll find them in our country. That's a way around. Yeah. Okay. A child support's a fight you don't have to have anymore. Which is great. It's Oh. Isn't that great? I can tell you my early career, mm. uh, because the Child Support Act came in in 89, mm. my early career with child, with chasing maintenance for the children was exhausting, disappointing, hard. Mm. You had to prove the actual amount you spent. And, and the orders those days were terrible, like $25 a week for each child. Which my, I had clients say that wouldn't keep them in tuck shop. Well, there you go. Um, so that's great news, at least for some people, to help mm. them with that. So then, okay, let's go back to stonewalling, avoidant. They don't respond to mm-hmm. anything. Doesn't matter whether it's property or children. Mm-hmm. Uh, your step tip number six is when when you're making this proposal or asking them a question is to. You've got to have your plan for if you don't get a plan response. Plan B, that's right. Plan A is that like a normal person, they respond and you get your information or you get your agreement or whatever it is you're asking for. Plan B is always have a plan for what if they don't. Mm-hmm. Um, always put a deadline in a document, mm-hmm. but that deadline is also not just this is the deadline after which I'm going to be very disappointed in you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, even if you don't tell them what the or else is, it's going to be your deadline and you know what your next step's going to be and you can always take a positive step. So it might be that in all of this terrible stonewalling you've decided, you know what, it's just too hard, I need to get some subpoenas. So they don't answer straight to court, mm. you know. And I think in, in our episode on... F- ways not to freak out yes Uh, one of the things we did say was if you have a plan so before you've even sent the letter going oh my gosh i know they're not going to even answer this god knows even if they're going to read it Mm. but if you have your plan before you even send it going look they're probably not going to read this they're probably not going to respond but if they don't i know exactly what i'm going to do next and they might even have it written out or filled out ready to go um so at least you feel better yes in that 10 days of waiting that you set up for yourself Mm. going oh oh what if they don't answer what's going to happen you go no i'm not worried about that because if they don't answer i know what i'm doing consequences it's sitting on my desk ready to go that's right and it does make what what happens in a lot of cases is you write it to the person 
they don't answer back. Mm. Um, sometimes people don't even give them a deadline. I look forward to hearing from you. Yeah. <laughs> well, please respond to our list convenience. That's a lot of looking forward. It is. <laughs> and you wait three weeks, four weeks and put, oh, you know, I should do something. Then you think, oh, write to them again. If you don't answer me, I'm going to have to do something. And then that goes another 10, 15 days. And then you go, okay, what can I do? What can I do? Oh, I know I'll go to court. You've wasted a quarter of a year. Yeah. And if it's a big issue. Mm -hmm. And that's another, like, uh, what, another 90 days you've woken up in the morning, put your feet on the floor and gone, oh, sugar. I'm still dealing with this crap. crap. So, So you want to keep it moving. You want to keep the momentum and don't let any time lags because those gaps, those time lags where you're not sure what to do, where you haven't given them a deadline, you're not sure they're going to answer, um, that'll that'll drive you nuts Mm. and it's so unproductive. Mm. So there's no reason why you can't think, okay, this is a conveyor belt Mm. and I'm going to move it along as quickly as possible to get out the other end. Whether or not they respond. (laughs) Whether or not they respond. It's not an impediment. It's It's about claiming your power as well because sometimes you're being stonewalled because they're doing it as a punishment to you yep. because you have left maybe or they're they're doing it to make you feel bad or, you know, not all of them are like that. Maybe some of them are just lot. massively depressed. Yeah. But some of them, it's a punishment it's, yeah. it's, and it's a way to make you feel like you've got no power and you're stuck in this mess yep. forever. But if it's not a punishment, Laura, let's imagine that being married to this person has been like walking around with a bag of wet cement tied to one ankle. Yeah. <laughs> like they, yeah. maybe they're like that in everything and mm. it's so debilitating and whatever it was that made you leave, you're, you're still dealing with it unless you change the dynamic. Yes. You're yeah. still at their mercy, still can't, you're organised, you're ready to go, and then there's... The wet bag yeah, of cement. Yeah, the wet bag of cement. So, I guess that's right. You've got to yeah. change the dynamic because otherwise yeah. what happened in the marriage is going to happen in the divorce. And it's so painful for a person to go through it all over again. There's a reason you left, mm. and that was to get away from it. Yeah. Don't let it mess up your new shiny bright life. Yeah, and if they've left you and that and they've hurt you badly and they've done something horrible and they're stonewalling you just to make it even worse, um, take your power back. You take your power back and go, all right, well, well you're going to be on my conveyor belt whether you like it or <laughs> <Yes>. not. <laughs> and we're on to the magic number seven. Yes. For anybody who has a person who is stonewalling them for whatever reason, mum, and what's that? What's Default the magic? orders. Default orders. Default orders. Default, even default. even ex parte default orders. Ex parte means they're not there. They're not even there if they don't turn up. Okay. And default orders means orders that you've asked for, you will usually get if they haven't bothered putting in a response. Okay. So let's just unpack that. Okay. So, so you put on the conveyor belt, you send them letters, they don't respond, you don't respond, you've got your plan B, which is putting in to court yep. your application and then you, you then send them. them to proposed orders you serve them they still don't answer they still don't answer you get your first court hearing yeah and you tell the court that you've served them file your affidavit and said look i've served this guy but he did have his or her yep. had her eyes shut tight and she had her back to me and arms folded what does the judge say fine that's served okay yep. well Probably then you ask the court for default orders and the judge is going to go, oh, it's a bit soon. Yeah. <laughs> but if you keep asking, you don't ask, you don't get, mm. um, 
maybe at the, the court may say, look, it's noted that this person hasn't responded. If they haven't responded by the next time, the court will consider default orders. You serve that document to your ex-partner and then you, you do an affidavit saying, I sent this, I sent these orders, and then the judge will go, well, you know what? They knew that if they didn't come this next occasion, mm -hmm. I might consider default orders. They know about it. They know the date. They know the time. Therefore... I'm going to assume they agree or don't have any objection to the default orders, make the orders. Okay. So you can, without them ever even taking a step mm. into a courtroom, as long as you served them yep. and you've got proof of service, over time you can potentially get orders that are default. Yep. Now, does that the same for mediation? Because you know how in the the practice, mm. new practice, you have to do mediation yeah. first. Well, if they won't, what if they don't turn up to mediation? Right. Well, you can't do it by yourself. <laughs> so you just say you're not. They're not interested. And you know how you said serving them. I, I remember a matter years ago where the mm. guy disappeared into the Northern Territory, mm. and um, in that whole case, he left my client with a mortgage and three little kids on the house. She couldn't sell the house because it was in oh, his name. No, um, and we got. Through that, she and I uh, got it through in three months yep. so that she could sell the house. I never clapped eyes on him. She never saw him again, never heard from him again, but we did the whole thing. And because we didn't know exactly where he was, mm -hmm. we got an order for substituted service. And that was, we said to the judge, we don't know where he is. We get, his brother says he's in the Northern Territory. And the judge said, sure, well, put an ad in the Darwin Papers mm -hmm. and that, ask him to respond. Mm-hmm. Wow, imagine reading the paper, which no one does anymore, and seeing a little ad there going. Oh, Jeffrey, I see you were in the newspaper yesterday. <laughs> I guess you is it do they have an alternative to that now in the, the if modern If they're getting day? any Centrelink payments, the court oh, okay. will order um, that Centrelink locate them and serve the document on them. Okay, that's good. Yeah. All right, so that is really an empowering uh, thing for anybody out there yep. who is struggling um, with a person who just will not respond, whether mm. it's punishment, whether it's depression, whether mm. it's any of these horrible reasons why people just stick their head in the sand. Um, so, Mum, let's just go over it again. Okay. You've Don't do a joint divorce. Nope. Um, what happens if they don't turn up to the divorce? Um, the court usually just lets it through. Okay. Yeah. All right. Two, don't wait a long time for answers. No. Because like mum said, you know, if you keep waiting and write another letter and another letter... It'll be a year before you know it. Yeah. Wasted. Number three, find out, don't ask. Yeah. So if they're not helping, just go and look for it, figure it out yourself, do those values, find out your property pool. Uh, number four, it's okay to guess sometimes. Yes. If it's going to help progress the case... Put a magic E in front of it for yes, estimated. E for estimate. And, and bump it up a little bit and to it make might, sure. <laughs> might have upset them enough to respond. Yeah. Number five, if you don't hear from you, I'll assume it's correct or yes. I'll assume it, you agree. Yeah. Yes. That's one great way to get them it to respond. Great. If you disagree, let me know by 4pm. That's another way of putting it. What if they write back and say, don't assume anything? Tough. They haven't <laughs> answered. Oh, okay. Yeah. Cool. And when writing, number six is when writing letters, 
have your plan B for if you don't get a response. Yes, absolutely. And number seven, default orders. Yes. Default, the magic word. Yeah. I mean, I know we'll probably have some listeners and, and we know we've got members that have got high conflict and manipulative mm. controlling and they're writing letters back and forth like crazy people and they might be listening to going this, geez, I really wish I had someone who didn't write any letters back. Yeah, but it's, it's just I guess as it's hard. just as hard, it isn't is. it? It's very hard to engage and you've got to show the judge that you've served them all these times. You have to send open letters. So to get to, to, to default orders, you have to carefully build up your case. Mm. Um, but, you know, and then ask one or two times and then the court should give you those orders. They're more inclined to give those orders because under the legislation, if they make it a default order in the absence of a person, mm. they've got, I think, 28 days to file something and object to the orders. Otherwise, they stand. Okay. Mm. So after 28 days, if they don't respond, then... It's, it stands, yeah. So well, at least it gets them to respond. <laughs> because the court has a common interest with, with you, mm. the, and that is the speedy and cost-effective resolution of disputes. In other words, they want this off their table. Yes. So uh, if you can set up the, the path for them so they can do it without getting in trouble or being appealed, mm. they'll take it. And I think that's an important note that... Uh, to you, Mum, being mm. in the, the legal system, a mm. speedy and practical way in the legal system to women, people on the outside, women and men or gender diverse, you're sitting there going, this is taking forever. Oh. But in the legal speak, something that happens within two weeks is incredibly fast, right? That's right. It's something got, that happens even within two months is incredibly yeah, fast. It's got to be, you've got to provide the people with what they call natural justice mm-hmm. and they have to have an opportunity to be heard. Yeah. Um, and that, you'll understand it if you think of it in the other, on the other way. Mm. What if you had someone writing letters to you, bombarding you? If you don't let me know by tomorrow afternoon, I'll assume this, um, you might not answer, you might not get your answer in, in time. Um, you do want the court to look at that and go, okay, was that reasonable? Was yeah. that that reasonable yeah. was that reasonable and, good, and i think that's an important note make sure when you're doing if you are going to be doing this yourself mm. make sure it is reasonable yeah. yeah you know keep in consideration okay if your ex does have a mental health condition and they're not coping and maybe they're in a mental institution don't don't, don't write, write to them on the mental don't write to them and demand that no. because that's not really going to help anyone and don't give them four business days or something or five days to respond over christmas for mm. goodness sake yeah. or yeah. easter you know so try and think practically okay how if I was in their shoes, how would I like to? Um, however, in saying that, if they're just being absolute horrible humans and mm. just ignoring the mess that they've left behind you, mm. uh, well, then, you know. you still got to show the court because the court can only make orders that are just and equitable, okay. even in default. Yeah. So if you end up in court with default orders, you've got an obligation and has the lawyers really have an obligation to tell the whole story. Mm. So, so when you've got a high conflict but mm. also avoidant, because we, yeah. we do a lot of webinars and there's people that say they've got that That's combo. right, they do, don't they? they so say it's high both. conflict and avoidant. Mm. I think it's that, that uh, like, where they, they like to fight about things that aren't important but they don't want to discuss the things that are important. Yeah. What's the strategy for those people? Well, that's tricky. I think that... Um, I think that the only way you could divide the orders that you seek are children and property. I mm. don't think you could cherry pick bits of property out yeah um so i guess uh 
With the children, I don't force it as much. Yeah. With the property, I would separate it out and follow that tram lines, you know, that conveyor belt. Yeah. Um, I sometimes think of it like fishing. When you get a fish on the line, they go back and forwards, left and right, left, right, but all the time you're gradually getting them onto shore. Yeah. um, And gradually you'll get a resolution. But with kids, it's a much more sensitive Hmm. um, thing. It's a more... Well, you know, you just can't. But if you, get, sledgehammer. if you get into the court system, the court mm. will help it move along. They will. Whether or not they want to yeah. get involved. If you have someone with children who absolutely won't get involved in, or who is sporadic, um, who, who may be not well, whatever, um, if you can convince the court of your good intentions, mm-hmm. uh, the court may make an order that says that the children spend time with the other parent um, at all times as agreed between you both. Okay. Uh, but they don't make orders like that if they think that the person asking for that order is likely to abuse that power. Okay. And this is all general advice. A general I mean, advice. just giving examples. Yeah. But if you, but yeah, I do get cases where if, if we just can't get engagement but they're still coming and picking the kids up from time to time then, then we just work. say to the court look you know what rather than try and fence this in mm-hmm. it's in the best interest of the children to let me be able to let him go okay. or not now the other one is avoidant and manipulative and controlling mm. and sometimes avoidance is part of the manipulation and part of the control if it's like that good girl bad girl mm. good guy where oh you didn't do what they wanted so now they're just not going to talk to you for yes. two months which in sometimes you'd be like, yay, <laughs> but in other times you're like, oh, we're not going to be able to get anything sorted. Well, we fix that little red wagon by yeah. giving them those deadlines yeah. and saying, if I don't hear from you, well. And those controlling yeah. people really, really want to have a say. They so will. if you say, yeah. here's my three choices of value or here are my three choices of whatever that you need to choose from or real estate agents, if I don't hear from you by this date, I'll be choosing one. Yes, the controlling part of them is going to explode yeah, and they'll have to and the avoidant one. part will disappear yeah. for a bit. So yeah. I guess you just got to balance that out. Can you have an avoidant and amicable divorce? Yes. So, oh, absolutely. Because you can be amicable as a couple, but one of you might really not want to be divorced okay. and just doesn't want to hear about it, doesn't want to know it happened. So what's your strategies for that? Kind of the ones we've talked <sighs> it about. It is kind just, of having some regard to their hurt feelings and stuff. Um, and we do different types of letters, don't yeah. we, for the types of people in our course. So you would tone that letter down very much, but even so you need to be very clear mm. that that if they don't do this, then this is going to happen and and gradually, you know, you're doing everyone a favour. If the marriage is over or the relationship's over, um, then the avoidant person, uh, avoidant but amicable friendly-wise, will actually feel better, I think, once they're... It's sorted and it's done. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of people really think they're avoidant um, because they really worry about the outcome, which because they've never gone and seen a lawyer or thought about it, they think it's going to be much worse Mm. than Mm. it really is. Well, some people are scared of change. A lot of people are scared of change. And they all hear these horror stories. Mm. And I guess it's important, though, not if you do have an avoidant amicable to not be writing too much aggression, aggressive letters or no. push it too much to the point where you sw- change it from amicable to a high conflict or yeah. something else. So it's a fine balance there. But I guess if you're, you've are you been married to this person or lived with this person, you'll kind of know where the line is, mm. to where not to. I really worry about when they get to the point um, that it goes, I don't care, whatever you want. Mm. That's really hard mm. um, to make 
it clear to the court that this person's had options and yes but if they say to you i don't care you can do whatever you want Hmm. can you show that to the judge yeah if it's not without prejudice yeah yeah and then that would be very um extra support to the judge for making those default orders okay saying look he knew it was or she knew it was on they know the date the time the court or the phone number and they're not here Mm -hmm. they might even ring them Mm -hmm. to give them a chance to say something they do yeah um and then yeah make the orders get it off the books well I hope if you are listening, and I know a couple of listeners have written in about it, I hope this has made you feel a little bit better. Mm. And the magic word there is if you've got the most, like you said, Mum, how to divorce a statue, default orders. If they turn to stone, default orders. And if they disappear into the Northern Territory, default orders. Default orders. Okay, so hang in there. It might be a hard slog. Yes. Because you're not not fighting against them. You're kind of fighting to prove it to the system. Yep. But... It's still a hard slog, but you can do it. And, Mum, you've seen it being done before. I have. I have. Well, okay. Well, thank you, Mum, for your time. And hopefully that um, will alleviate some people's worries. Yep. Yep. Have a plan. Execute the plan. Yep. Take care. Thank you, Mum. No worries. Bye. Bye, everyone. If you found this podcast helpful, we'd love it if you could rate, review, and subscribe. By doing so, you are spreading the word to help someone else just like you. Lynn would like to remind you that this podcast is general advice only and you should always get legal advice in relation to your particular situation. And remember that the Australian laws may have changed since recording. 